This is Self Startup. Hello, people. Welcome back to Self Startup. This is a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self employed, and freelancers who've taken that plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling, if we haven't met before. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. I play bass in the Australian heavy metal band Lord, and I'm also a dispute resolution specialist. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by following at Andy Dowling, or you can go to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly, as well as anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. This episode is with Megan Sprouts. Megan is the owner of Cocoon Flotation, located in the heart of Wollongong. And a bit of Megan's origin story, which... She gets into in this chat, so stay tuned. Um, started out in a rental property in Fig Tree, which is just a, a suburb of Wollongong, where Megan started this whole business from scratch. She bought secondhand flotation tanks. Uh, she had to get the awareness piece out into the local community about what flotation therapy is. And over the past several years, she's gradually built her business up. She's relocated into a larger premises right in the middle of Wollongong. And from what I can see anyway, she is running a really successful business with a real strong and loyal uh, clientele uh, that continuously come in and support her business and what she does. And she does such a fantastic job of blending her personality and her passions in with her business. And it's become this uh, whole thing that she promotes and puts out there. And I think due to that, she has a lot of dedicated followers and and supporters of of the business and so megan's just doing absolutely fantastic things um in this chat we talk about a whole range of different things we touch on that origin story we talk about the transition where megan had to relocate and basically upscale her business and move into this new premises in wollongong it's an absolutely fantastic facility when you walk in it's hard not to be wowed by the lounge area the atmosphere and the effort that megan has put into this business the float rooms are fantastic i've used it myself i've gotten so much out of it um and actually i must say if you want to learn more about flotation therapy i'll put a bunch of uh, FAQs and bits of information in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. So if you want to learn a little bit more, um, some people think it's a bit woo-woo, woo-woo and I think it can be at times, um, but there are so many mental and physical benefits that can come from flotation therapy. A lot of people with ailments um, get a lot out of um, going to a float center. So um, if you are curious, please uh, check it out. And if you are in Wollongong or you're traveling down that way, make sure you stop in and check it out. Um, enough of me. We're going to kick into this <laughs> conversation with Megan. As always, all the show notes will be over at selfstarter.com.au. I will have my key takeaways in true self-starter fashion at the end of this chat. But for now, please enjoy this great conversation with Megan Sprouts of Cocoon Flotation. My name's Megan and I founded and run Cocoon Flotation, which is a four-tank flotation tank centre in the heart of Wollongong. And I guess for anybody that isn't familiar with flotation, do you want to give a bit of a crash course of what, what it's all about? Yeah, so briefly, a float tank is like a giant bath with 10 inches of water and 350 kilos of Epsom salt. And you can't hear anything, you can't see anything, you can't feel anything because the temperature of the water is at skin temperature. So you literally feel like you're floating in outer space. Not in outer space, in your inner space. (laughs) And amazing things happen and it's really amazing for all sorts of reasons. And there's major physiological changes that occur while we float. Um... And the list of benefits is endless. Yeah, I think um, 
I, I've I've certainly done it before, and I should do it more often. That's one thing that keeps eating at me. But um, I think one of the myths around it is that I think a lot of people that haven't experienced it probably see it as a bit woo woo. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are a lot of a lot of benefits, as you said, as yeah. to why people should consider doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, I mean, there's been hundreds of published research articles since the 50s, so it's been around for a really long time. Yeah. Where did the idea come from to start a float business? Because it's not something that, especially here on the South Coast, that yeah, these days it's, I think a lot of people do understand or know of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, five odd years ago when you started the business, uh, no doubt it would have been a lot harder to try and get the concept out there and, and explain to people what it is. Yeah, it really was. Uh, so I guess the why I started, I've been floating for 13 years myself and it's something that has helped me immensely. And I, uh, you know, I had a really beige existence, a nine to five office job, was really unhappy at certain points in my life. And, um, I had a soul awakening and decided that I needed to change my life. And I did. I quit that job, had no idea what I was going to do, but just trusted in knowing that I needed to be in more alignment with in who I am and what I want to offer and what I want to give to the world. And I want to be happy. Mm. Um, and it, I was actually, the moment where I decided to open a float centre, I was seeing um, a comedian. Is it? Sean uh, Steve Hughes, the yes. conspiracy realist mm. he calls himself, <laughs> at the Emmore Theatre, and I was just laughing so hard and felt so amazing, and it was like you know the sea parted, and it was like epiphany. I'll open up a float centre, and it made total sense, and I was and I just got started. I went to the states. Um, that was back in 2012. I went to the states to a float conference, came home, and just it took me about 18 months to begin to get you know get the tanks and the finances and um, the location. And I opened and going back to your question of starting five years ago and how difficult it was in people not really knowing about floating back then, it was really challenging. And that was because it's really not well known at all. Mm. And initially it wasn't, people were curious, but they were just quite um, closed off to the idea. And so most of my job in the beginning was educating my community Mm. about floating. Um, And then I just had to be really patient and I had to sit back and wait for people to heal themselves and have amazing results and it it did happen. And then people started talking and it was word of mouth. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking of heaps of different questions off off that. (laughs) Um, I guess when you had that moment where you thought, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Had you already been utilising sort of float therapy and, and been like you're quite familiar with it, obviously, yeah. before you made that decision. So yeah. um, was it a case that you'd been doing it for yourself personally for, for a little while beforehand? Yeah. So I was doing it, um, yeah, 13 years ago. So 13 years um, I've been floating for 13 years, but inconsistently. Mm. But I was um, – my first float, I was really apprehensive for mm. my first float, like most people are. I didn't yep. want to leave the light on, leave the door open. I got in. I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I had a really profound experience on my first float and was just sold on it. I was mm. like, this is an amazing tool for self-discovery. And I couldn't believe that it, it was just so simple, like so simple. And 
I was, you know, I was had that beige existence and I was drinking mm. every Friday night. Mm. And I just got really wasted one Friday night. And I was like, all right, enough's enough. I'm going to stop drinking every Friday night. I'm going to start floating instead. And so then wow. I kind of took it more seriously. Um, yeah, and, and just had used that along with other tools for um, exploring my inner world. So you sort of, I, I guess... You already had the proof in, yeah, in what you were doing, within me. and so yeah. you could see that what was happening for yourself personally, and you thought, yeah. "This, it's clear that this can help other people as well." So you Absolutely. could see, you could see an opportunity there. Absolutely. So it was that. It was that. And I've always, you know, I left school at sixteen and I studied community welfare. I left home and I actually grew up down at New Jervis Bay. So right. I moved here to Wollongong, and I moved four doors up from where Cocoon is now into the backpackers and I studied community welfare wow. for three years and then I became a nurse and worked and served at this community. So I've always been in those kind of or in roles of being in service to my community. So mm. this then, it feels like everything that I've ever done in my life has prepared me for Cocoon really. Yeah. yeah. To, I mean, you mentioned you went to the States, went to a conference, get got a little bit more educated in understanding of what you need to do back home. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is not a cheap operation to get up and running. This no. is not just buying a little bit of stock and selling some stock in, in a fairly easy format. This is, yeah. there there is quite a bit to it. Yeah. Did you have to go through a process of understanding your costs and, and you know, did you, did you have to try and pitch this to a bank and try and get a, an upfront loan? I mean, was that... Did that all go smoothly or was that something that was a big challenge because it was a slightly different business concept as well? Yeah. Um, it's really funny because when I went to the States, I was actually, after the conference, I went to San Francisco and I remember I was in the San Francisco library and also in a, uh, the Red Victoria in this cafe in Hyde Ashbury and I was writing out my business plan. But my business plan was more like drawings with words inside them around the... <laughs> It was just like circles with words inside them connected to other circles. And it was just not, it wasn't going to work to give to a bank. And that would, but that was my process. Um, And I, and then I did, I was like, no, I've really got to be serious here. I've got it. And so I went to the library and I was like, right, I'll write a business plan out. And, and I did, but I never used it. Mm. I've never looked at it since. And it wasn't, I actually wasn't financial. I didn't have a job before I started Cocoon mm. because I'd had two years out from working. I was great, lucky. My ex-husband at the time was um, keeping us financial, so I I didn't. This I couldn't have got a loan from the bank. Mm. Um. So my mum stepped in, and mum funded the beginning, and I did it really cheaply. You know, I bought. It was just serendipitous. I came home from that float conference. That week there was a, or it may not have been that week, but it was within a month, The there was a float tank for sale in Kayama, a second-hand tank. Wow. woman was closing down, right? I bought it, um, stored it, and then a couple of months later another second-hand tank was for sale in South Australia. I bought that. So I bought two tanks for the price of one, really. Wow. Um, and then it took me 18 months to find a location, and... Um, which I rented and it was safe. Like the rent, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was doable. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without mum stepping in. The hero. 
the hero. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> when I mean, you mentioned that you didn't, you never went back and referred to that business plan. But do you think yeah. that by just writing it out, yeah, that that helped Absolutely. give you some clarity? So even though you yeah. didn't, you didn't need to refer back to it again, ever again. Yeah. Um, just that process of even. I mean, you mentioned before you sort of, you sort of uh, disregarded it a little bit, but yeah. even just drawing things out, drawing, and yeah. I assume just based off that, that you're probably more of a visual person as well, and that's yeah. why you you lent in that direction to begin with. Absolutely. But just going through that process of mapping things out and putting it in front of you is yeah. no doubt sort of giving you clarity to then go. I think I know what I need to do. Absolutely, that anchored things mm-hmm. and, and cemented things for me, and and it, I kept doing it while I had the while I began the business. But mm. I would go down to the beach and I would. Do it in the sand. Yeah, well. So I'd write things in the sand, big circle, and so that was then my canvas or to um, just jot down ideas and um, because that was a creative then too mm. was a creative way of doing it. And um, you're absolutely right. I'm a visual person, so it just made sense then to do that. Yeah. So I, I kept doing it when I first started the business, and you know the challenges that came up. I was would have ideas about how what I would do and yeah how to change things but all in that that way in that way yeah and then when you mentioned earlier about getting started and it was yeah. you know this and having the patience to sort of wait for i guess the people that did come and utilize your services to have those results yeah. that you'd experienced personally yeah um how did you approach that did you did you make it i'm just trying to think of like if, if i was doing it i'd be sort of proactively sort of staying in touch with these people to really track their progress. And yeah. was it a case that you're collecting almost like a testimonial from these people so that you could then document it as part of the way that you could educate new people that haven't started that journey yet? Was that sort of the, the, the approach that you took? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, people wrote down testimonials on Facebook mm. and um, through our booking system. And so they all automatically went straight up on the website yeah. Um but the, it was more of verbal communication. So when someone would ring up with back pain, then I would have a story to tell them about somebody else mm. um, and genuine stories. Just going back to that concept that you've, you're, I would assume even now, five years in, yeah. you're forever educating. You're, Absolutely. you're always telling people and there's always going to be people that have heard the, heard the term yeah. um, or people that haven't and are being introduced to it and you've got to bring people back to square one and yeah. go this is what it is, and, and then start building off that. So yeah. I, I assume that just given the nature of the business that you're just forever educating and documenting and, and pulling resources and experiences from the people that have utilised it to be able to then share that with other people. Yeah, continual process. Absolutely. What sort of, apart from that sort of thing where it's an awareness piece around around the business, what, what are the earlier challenges did you have when you first launched and you're up and running within those first, you know, the first couple of years? Mm, That's a really great question. Well, I know it took me 18 months to build a steady stream of clients. From day one, I think I only ever was out of pocket $1,000 from that whole time. Like I managed to pay the bills, Mm. lived super cheap, um, yeah, so I, I so I had I had clients coming in. It wasn't as though I didn't have anybody coming in. I did, yeah. um, but it, one of the challenges was and still is people coming back. Mm. People feel people know it's amazing, 
results are quantifiable. And this is probably getting it more into psychology and I think it comes down to worthiness and people um, feeling like they're worthy Hmm. to relax and come home to themselves. And so that's really one of my biggest challenges. Um, And we live in a crazy, fast-paced world and it's really easy to get caught in that mouse wheel thing that's <laughs> what are those things called yeah. um so it's really easy to get distracted so i can see from the outside what you do to try and address that yeah if when, when you walk in here you've got the lounge there and yeah. it's sort of like this coming back down or coming back to reality when you come out of the the flow experience and people can relax and you know, either have a chat or just take take in their own experiences and there's tea and everything there. Yeah. Um, you've created a setting where people can, can truly reflect before they walk out the door and get bombarded by the traffic and everything else. Absolutely. The post-float is a really important time because that's... You've just had an experience and you... It's really valuable to reflect what's just happened Mm. um, and just sit in it and slowly come back to movement. How many years have you been here now in this? Uh, uh, Nearly two. So yeah, a week before Christmas I opened here. So what was, what was the decision behind relocating? Um, And what did that look like? Because I could imagine that, you know, setting up a business for the first time, um, you know, and going through all those steps of, creating something from nothing is a big challenge. Um, But to then get to a point where you, for whatever reason, need to change and either scale up or relocate, um, I think that can be a really difficult thing for people to do. And that might be a point in time where a lot of businesses decide that that might be a a time to call it a day. Mm -hmm. So what was was the motivation behind relocating? And to me, it seems like a big upgrade to where you were before. Yeah, there was a couple of reasons why um, I wanted to relocate, and I guess if we start my where I was the house that I was renting, my landlord wanted to sell the house, yep. um, and he did while <clears throat> while I still own while I was still there, but I was still operating under the new um, owner for a little while, but I was also zoned residential, so. I couldn't employ a staff member uh-huh. and I'd been working four days a week for three years doing everything myself and I mean everything, everything, everything attached to it, starting owning a business. Um, and it was like, oh, no, I need to ch- – this needs to change because I can't sustain this anymore. And so that that was – Two reason, and that's the third reason was I was had the four tank, uh, the two tanks completely booked those four days most of the time, so it was like oh I have to move because I want I can't keep doing this, um, and the the person who took over the um, house wanted to move in, so mm. I I needed to move anyway. Yeah, but my landlord was really Dean was really gracious and. Um, he was my landlord for most of that time. 
he delayed selling the house for me and um, because I just couldn't find a place to move to and it took me a, a while to mm. find this place. So he worked with me as much as he could, which I'm so grateful for. And um, and then I found this place. It wasn't for lease. I had to talk to them. Um, so that was a, that was a whole other process, really. You know, finding new premises and. Um, how did you work that out? If it wasn't for lease, I assume, obviously it was vacant. Yeah. How do you? I mean, this is where I'm completely ignorant to this type of thing, but. Were, were there any were there any signs or indicators? Who do you contact to find out who who owns a property? Well, I saw it in the tank. I went in. I was like, "All right, I need to see where I'm moving to." Yeah. And I went into the tank, and saw this building. And I hadn't had my intuition was telling me it was on Campbell Street. It was like an maybe an old warehouse or something. Mm. I knew it was north of like the um, the city. And so then I was looking and I actually looked at this building and I was like, it can't be here because this, this is an orthodontist building. Mm. Um, and I was just drove up and down Campbell. I was like, there's nowhere else, There's no other building. And then the day my landlord decided to really sell the place, it was like he had to move. Mm. My, the two people that booked him for 7 o'clock cancelled. And so just down the road here, I... Went for a massage because I was peeking out. <laughs> Went for a massage and I came up around the corner at Market Street, looked at this building and I was like, it's it. It's wow. the building that I've seen. But I was only looking at this building from the Campbell Street side. Right. So okay. on Market Street side, it's completely different. Mm. And so then I walked across the road and I looked in through the window and this space was empty and I just knew it. And so then I called them the next day and just started talking to them about renting it. So, but, yeah, so was there a, who did you contact here? Is it like... The, I went to the... The orthodontist? The orthodontist and checked upstairs with them. and checked with them and they, the, he actually owns this building. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. How's yeah. that for a bit of float tank uh, benefit? Right. Yeah, because I remember, um, I think, well, the last time I was here and... We, I think one of the things, and I think you, you probably say this quite often to people that do come in, um, it's a good idea to come in with not so much an intention, but you've got to have something, yeah. something to ponder over, you know, yeah. and it's not to force anything because no. I think if you force something, then you're not going to get any benefit. Yeah. But if you if you do have something that's on your mind or something that you, you want to work through, then that's a really good way to to help you work through a thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's active floating and passive floating. So there's passive where you can just go in and just see just where you be. end up. Yeah. And then there's active where you might go in with an intention or you want to look at something or you might have a meditation tool that you want to use or yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely helped. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So what was the transition like? So this is, this, this is an empty intense. space. Yeah. And I know that you did a lot of work in here. Yeah. What was that? What was that time period like? I think the build was four months yep. and I was still working in at the, um, the old location mm. for m most of that. Mm. Um, but then I had to close down for, I think, two months because it was just too much. I couldn't do yep. everything at that at the time on my own. So um, I think the build took four to five months. And, yeah, it was intense. It was like building a house mm. pretty much because it was just two empty rooms. And so we built everything, all of the walls, the ceilings, like everything, everything, plumbing. Um, I had a really 
great builder and electrician and plumber so they were really helpful and they allowed me to help like my builder allowed me to help drip rock with him and so I was really hands-on my electrician did some electrical work yeah um so it was I was really a part of the process. Do you think that helps you being a part of it? Yeah. Just to keep you sane? As totally. Well? No doubt. <laughs> if you were, I mean, this is a daunt, This would be a daunting thing to, to go through. Yeah. I mean, you already have the pressure of knowing that you've got to relocate. Yeah. Um, you've sort of hit, hit a, a ceiling as far as your clients and everything like that. And now yeah. you're going, okay, I need, this is an opportunity. Yeah. Um, but I can't sit on it for yeah. too long. But then to come in here and see the op- see the potential, but have to actually get in there and, and do it is a, is a big. I mean, that no doubt would be a stressful experience to go through. So no doubt being a part of the process and being a little bit hands on at times would would just help you to sort of keep yourself in check throughout yeah. that whole time. Absolutely, it really grounded me in doing that. What was your opening day like here? Because. I remember you going through this transition of, of relocating and building this and you were yeah. really, really good online. Yeah. You documented it on social media and people could follow that journey. And, and for me, like watching it, I got quite excited about it because oh, cool. you're watching you're oh. watching something evolve yeah. and you can see the progress and you can see somebody putting everything that they've got into an idea or concept and building on it. So it's sort of it's a it's a psychological thing and, and this mm. is something that I've seen a lot of other businesses do a really good job of right. is when they are going through something that might be in the past seen as mundane or behind the scenes or something that your average person out in the general public wouldn't be interested in. Yeah. They're bringing them along with that journey. And it's yeah. not just about what you do as a business. It's about everything. It's the personality. It's the story behind it. Um, did you, did you get that type of reaction from people as they were watching you, you know, put photos and video up of, of your progress? Yeah. And what was that opening day like? Opening day. Oh, I think I was exhausted and I was excited and it was a whole mix of emotions. But I, I remember, I remember walking to work that day because I live in North Wollongong and I could walk to work and I would, (laughs) that in itself made me so happy. Like walking (laughs) to work. It's a 10 minute walk. Yeah. I just remember having this big smile on my face and was like, this is it. This is the new life. And that I remember really clearly. Um, and then bringing people through, I was really proud. I was like, no, this is amazing. This is so much easier to float in here and the experience mm. is um, quite different. So it felt like just having people come to my house, coming home, and it still does. It just feels... Because I, I'm here 12 hours a day, right, when I'm working. So it was like I want to build something that I feel really comfortable in. Yeah. So I want it to be like my house, mm-hmm. which is why the lounge room is like it is. And, and for everybody else, it's not, not just for me, obviously. Mm. Um, it's a post-float space, pre and post. But, yeah, so it was just feeling like welcoming people back because I think I'd been closed for two months. So there was people that were hanging out. Mm. And, yeah, it was just, yeah, proud moment. Did, yeah. you, did you have that reaction from um, – obviously you've got your clients and the people that know you and know yeah. your business and they're, they're keen to, to, to start that next chapter with you. But, um, you know, putting it online and watching ev- everybody sort of 
peer into your world and, and watching the walls go up and the painting and, and yeah. the construction of this thing. Did you did you get any sort of feedback from people watching that journey as well? Yeah, I did, and it really helped. It really supported me. Like I, because it, it's it's a full on process for anybody mm. who has done it and been yeah. through it. They will know. Um, so just those little little comments even on Instagram or Facebook from people just kept me going. Like they really did. And it kept me excited. Mm. It, it was, um, yeah, it was really comforting and supportive. So good for you as well as for them. Yeah. Benefits on different levels. Yeah. 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 You're, you're really good with social media. Uh, you're, Thank you. You've got, you know, your Instagram and Facebook and there's constantly – um, bits and pieces of, of media on their video and photos and comments and commentary, um, a lot of reflection on there as well. And just recently you, you celebrated your five years and, yeah. you've, and you've got a bit online about that as well. Um, do you think that's been a big factor with the connection between you and the people that do utilise your business? I think so. I think it's, um, for me, it's a thread from me to the so, oh, from me to them my clients uh and it's a two-way yep. street with most people um i get to see what they're up to they get to see what I, i'm up to so it's like a relationship really um that's the way i see social media i don't use facebook so much but the instagram i'm all over mm. it um from for for other people connecting with other people. I use it for the business, but, I mean, like it being a world into other people's lives. Sure. Um, it's been really important for me to keep up with, with what's going on in my clients' lives because um, if there's a death in their family or uh, I see it, I don't know, and I'm aware before people come in. Mm. I think, yeah, I think it's uh, – plus I love I, – I, it's an outlet. It's another creative outlet for me, you know, like a, as we were talking about creativity before, we started talking on air, but it's my comedy outlet or that's what my Instagram stories are really more about. And mm. so it's just fun. I'm just having fun with it. Um, it's good because it's sort of like going back to what we said with the with you building – this place and yeah. seeing the messages of encouragement yeah. when you do post helps yeah. you helps keep you sane and keep you moving. Yeah. Um, but it's also good for the people that get to connect with you and understand your journey and want to be a part of that. Yeah. And so for you to utilize social media for a number of different reasons, but you've, I guess you've combined, you know, your, your personal life to a degree, your personality yeah. and who you are with your business. Yeah. They're not separate. Yeah. It, you know, at least from the way that I see it, you are your business and vice versa. This is, yeah. this is you, this is your identity as far as, you know, or what you want people to see. Yeah. And so that gives you a little bit more flexibility to be able to yeah. show who you are online. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then that connection builds stronger with people each in each direction. Absolutely. I think it's really, it's really important for me to be mm. authentic yep. and, you know, I, think that that and being vulnerable and uh, showing people that I am human and um, I think it's just really important 
when you're running a business to remember why you're doing it and what your drivers are and that keeps me in check what I'm saying on on social media um, and what I'm offering Um, because and and that's the way I've set it up from the beginning my driver has always been it's my passion it's it's, you know just being really um, transparent I think is really important and I, I do know I don't have investors or anything, so I don't have to hold up a facade. You don't have that pressure. Or, or you don't anything have that pressure like that. that some yep. people would if they did have investors. Mm. Or, um, so I'm not doing it for those reasons. It's not, yeah. So five years in. Yeah. Things seem to be going pretty well. Yeah. What's what's the next five years look like? What's the next few weeks look like? What's yeah. what's the future look like for the business? Because when you mentioned that opening day. Yeah walking 10 minutes and having that moment where you go, wow, yeah. like this is, this is what I wanted. And yeah. um, I can't remember if we spoke about it while we were recording beforehand, but you made a, a mention that at one point you were living in Bundina and, and but yeah. working in North Sydney. Yes. Now, people that live in Sydney or in New South Wales may understand the distance and all the logistics involved to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a hell of a, hell of a journey. Yeah. And, and so when you mentioned that part of the story as far yeah. as having that moment of walking here and going, wow, this is incredible, I certainly could connect with that. Yeah. So life seems to be pretty good. Yeah. But do you have is – it, is it about sustaining? It or is. is it about further ideas and growth? What What's the future look like? Yeah. I mean, that's always been an option to expand more and have other centres and people have asked if I would franchise and it's – it's not the direction I wish to take at this mm. time. Never say never, but it's not something that appeals because Cocoon, as you, as you have said, is me and the business yep. is me and I'm Cocoon. And it's um, something that I can't replicate anywhere else and don't really want to mm. at this stage. Um, it is about my direction now it, because a, a lot of the – Business is also about my personal growth and development and honouring myself and um, being who I want to be more, more authentic, more vulnerable, more on all of those aspects. Um, so that really interests me to see where the business will go the more I honour myself and I feel, I, I mean, it's a constant journey, right? But mm. I, I feel like, I don't know, coming into elderhood or something, you know, like I'm in my 40, early 40s now and it's just like there's something really special about that. Um, and I don't even know what it will look like or what that will mean or how I will offer, what I will offer. But um, I'm a shamanic practitioner, so I have been teaching shamanism this year and um, – so there'll be more offering, more offerings like that, mm. I think, to come. And but also, what really, where I really want to go now is uh, building more relationships with mainstream medical health um, organisations, which has happened recently. Um, and I can share this that the South Coast Private Hospital, which um, is a mental health hospital in Wollongong, they're now referring clients here. And I've probably had 10 clients or so come 
and life-changing results. Mm, that's great. It is so incredible that, and it's a private hospital, mm. um, so that that really excites me because that's where I want to go. That's where yeah. I want to, you know, get the tentacles into those yeah. kind of places um, and reach more to to people through the through those organisations. It's it's almost like you've 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 introduced the concept back into the community. Yeah, um, you've created stability and yeah. a reliable. Um, the reliability of just a business that's just sustained over that period of time. I mean, yeah. there's so many businesses that are, you know, just are around for a very short space of time and they disappear. And so I think by just being in existence mm. um, gives people a lot of, uh, a lot of, all that feeling of reliability anyway, that there's, that yeah. there's a, and there's a legitimacy that, that attaches to it. And I think now, you've you've got the results you've got the clients and now it's a case of showing where how effective this can really be and yeah. it's not just about the people that have the intention and the want to get better yeah. and to want to improve in their lives you know for whatever reason that might be and are educated and understand the the, the benefits yeah. but it's about crossing over and finding finding people out there that just do need that help yeah. and and are only limited to the resources that they're told. And so for, for you to connect with, with that sort of setting is, yeah. is really exciting because, you know, as we said before we started recording, I, I'd walk past a stress and anxiety clinic yeah. you know, down the road and, and you yeah. sort of think, wow, there's so many places like that and little yeah. clinics that would definitely benefit from having some form of referral system yeah. set up where they could utilize a service like this. So yeah. there's always potential. And for me, like I'm, Sometimes I think I've got ADHD because I'm just constantly looking at ideas and I get excited about every little glittery thing that flies past my, my face. But um, it's it's exciting because there's yeah. there's a never-ending uh, wealth of ideas out there and opportunities. And no doubt you could yeah. you could just consult your your float tank yeah, as well, absolutely. and and that would obviously help stimulate a lot of these these ideas as well. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously floating is really great for creativity and um, insight, and so the whole time I've had this business, I really haven't been overly stressed. If I compare it to every other project I've ever done in my life, it's been super stressful and I mm. had, had to be perfect. But with having this business and being able to float myself and look at all of my business problems, that has been so incredible, like so incredible. I will, I'll float for a lot of business problems that come up, whether it's, and it's, staff or, uh, you know, I knew Catherine who I've employed now. Um, I knew just to wait and she'd walk through the door and, you know, it happened mm. and, um, to what kind of towels do I need or, you know, like any, yeah. anything that I think of, I'll, I'll jump in and sort out. So I'm very super grateful to have a business that also nourishes me. Yeah. That's um, it's the thing that a lot of people strive for because I think people, if they, I mean, it depends on their intention as to, or their, their why, why they want to create yeah. a business in the first place. And sometimes it's it's the control of being able to, to create something yourself. Um, maybe it's an opportunity to make money or maybe it's just something, being able to monetize something that they absolutely love and they're passionate about. Yeah. And um, 
but to be able to find that that thing in life where you directly benefit from the business that you run. Yeah. You know, you, like you, you live and breathe the service, the product. You know, it is a part of you. And I think a lot of people, you know, that's, that's what a lot of people strive for. Yeah. And it's not always easy to no. do. So I think if your drivers, it's really important. That's what going back to, you know, what your driver is. And mm. if you're doing it, um, if you're doing something for money and that's your main driver, is that going to nourish you? And, you know, are you going to embody what you're selling? Mm. I think a lot of my success has also come down to me embodying my product. And the more you you love and value yourself and your space and your product and what you're offering, the more your community will value and respect you. That's right, that authenticity. Yeah. Love it. Well, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was so much fun. If you want to learn more about flotation therapy or cocoon flotation, Megan's business, you can go to cocoonflotation.com.au. The business is also also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can search for cocoon flotation, but I'll have the links in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au as well. Um, I'll also put some FAQ-based documents and some other generic information about flotation therapy in there in the show notes. So for anybody that hasn't really had much of an experience when it comes to floating, um, you can check that out over at selfstarter.com.au. In addition, I will also have my key takeaways. I got so many things out of this chat with Megan, such an inspiring person and a really, really cool and interesting business. And I've condensed my key takeaways down to five. But as always, if you got something different uh, out of this chat, please let me know. Uh, please leave a comment uh, in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au or you can message me via any of the social media channels as well. But I got five key takeaways. Number one, small wins can mean success. Megan reflected on that first day opening the new location in Wollongong where she was able to walk only 10 minutes to work for the first time ever. And while it might be a small thing for others, for Megan, this was a real moment that confirmed that the hard work which she put in was starting to pay off. I think we all need to search for those small wins along the way. There are so many things we often glaze over, which are actually the reasons why we took the path of self-employment in the first place. We need to celebrate all the wins and use them to define our own unique version of success. Number two, you've got to share the progress. It's good for your audience, but most importantly, it's good for you too. During that time when the new location was being built, Megan took her clients and the wider community on a journey through the building of the new site. I can personally remember following Megan and her circle of friends working day in and day out to make her dreams become a reality. When people can follow your journey, they can also celebrate your success with you. This can obviously help cultivate loyalty to you and your business, but it's always good to bring others along for the ride to give you that boost you deserve. Number three, be liberated to blend your personality with your business. Megan is fantastic at social media and is able to blend her business operation with her day-to-day life, her passions, and her unique story. For those who work for an employer, we can be hesitant to share or display our true passions and personality in fear that it may clash with the public image of the employer. This is one of the rewarding aspects of becoming self-employed and creating something of your own. You're able to introduce yourself personally to your clients and the wider audience with an unashamed and celebrated approach. Number four, business-to-business opportunities. Megan's business is all about servicing that end customer. However, in recent times, there's been an awareness of other businesses actually referring their clients to Cocoon for therapy treatment. 
the possibilities of creating additional lines of business in that B2B environment are so plentiful. Maybe a referral program, a corporate benefit program, a point of difference for an employer looking to add value to their staff in light of health and well-being. Oh, my cogs are turning. Last one, number five, feeling clouded in your own self-employment journey. Maybe a float will help. It's all about taking a step back to recalibrate, gather your thoughts, work through your worries, or maybe even dream about those next big goals. And whether it be a walk through a peaceful area or some form of meditation or even a float tank, we all need to take that momentary break to mitigate those feelings of being overwhelmed. You are your most important asset, so make sure you take care of you. And that's it, folks. Those were my five key takeaways from this chat with Megan of Cocoon Flotation in Wollongong. If you want to learn more, go to the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au. You can also go to cocoonflotation.com.au. Search for Cocoon on the socials, but I'll have all the links in the show notes over on the website. So make sure you go and check all of that out and support Megan and all the great guests that have been on Self Starter so far this year. That is another episode done. Thank you so much for the ongoing support. It means a hell of a lot. As always, you guys know the drill. Please keep those guest recommendations coming. And until next episode, take care. Ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.